Uh, welcome back, everyone. This is another episode of History and History. I'm your host, Amador. And I'm also your host, Alex. We're co-hosts. We're married. Yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> we're co-hosts of this of this thing we're doing, you know. <laughs> um, we're finally over COVID. Yeah. It's been nice. Yeah. To, like, breathe and not feel like I'm dying. Yeah, I never really had any... You had some, like, difficulty breathing stuff. I never did. I just had, like, a cough. So. Yeah, I was mostly, like, congested. And then I did have one day where I was like, I can't take a full breath. But, I mean, we got over it, so. Yeah. And the child lived, so. Exactly. That's all that matters. Make sure you have your vaccines, people. It's good for you. That's what I attribute it to, anyway. That's how the only reason we knew. Otherwise, you never would have known. Yeah, because you had body aches. Yeah. And if I hadn't gotten the vaccine, which gave me body aches, I wouldn't have known when I got body aches this time that I had COVID. That's just, I guess, my body's reaction to that whole thing. is like, we're going to hurt all over. (laughs) From neck to toes, we're going to be hurting. So, uh, did you see any yellow lights this week? Think about Gary Morgan? Yeah. I did. You screamed it in the car with me yesterday. I, I did. That's right. As I cruised, I gently cruised through a yellow light. I was like, thanks, Garrett Morgan. Woo! But, like, way louder than Well, that. yeah, but I don't want to blow our listeners' ears up. Um, so this week, you are hitting us with a with a story. Yeah. So a little bit of history. Uh, before we get to that... Uh, First of all, thank you for everyone that's listened and uh, anyone that's dropped comments or uh, rated us on any of the podcasting platforms. We really appreciate it. The big thing is let people, if you enjoy this podcast, tell people about it because the more of an outreach we can get, the better. You know, we we both really enjoy doing this and and it's a lot of fun. I mean, we'd do it if nobody listened anyway. It's true. Something to do. <laughs> but on we're a, glad that you do. Something to do on a Thursday night. And it gives us more of a reason to uh, make it better and make it good. Because otherwise, I could, we could just sit in a room with no microphone and tell each other history stories. But Right. If you have suggestions. Yeah. I mean. uh, we're, we're working on trying to get the make the audio a little bit better. Right now, we... We sound kind of cave-like because we're in a big room that doesn't have a whole ton of furniture recording this. So we're going to try and make it a little bit smaller and and see if we can get some noise dampening down so we'll be... So nothing will block our sultry, soothing voices. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to make a trip to Home Depot real soon. We're going to make it real easy for people to fall asleep while listening to this. By the way, thanks for that, Andrew. <laughs> oh, I fall asleep while listening to your podcast. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. It's real cool. Uh, anyway, so yeah, but like I said, we appreciate anyone that listens and, uh, and yeah, if you have any suggestions or anything or topics that you'd like to hear about, let us know. Um, and you can do that on Facebook, History and Herstory Podcast, on Instagram at History and Herstory Podcast, and I'm not going to go over the platforms because you found this, so I think we're, we're over that. You can find it anywhere. Congrats. Get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. So, um, Are you I guess, ready? With, yeah, without further ado, I guess we'll let you just jump right into your, to your stories. Take it away. Today, I would like to tell you about Harriet the Tortoise. Okay. 
Harriet, a whirlwind. Harriet the tortoise. Okay. Harriet the tortoise. Um, Harriet was a Galapagos tortoise who has an estimated age of 175 years at the time of her death. No, not no longer living. That's no sad. longer living. No, um, Harriet is the longest known living tortoise. Well, not anymore. She like, oh, long having day. long, long lived yes, the longest. Still, still. <laughs> okay, so um, why is Harriet special? You might be asking. When was she born? She was born around 1830. Okay, there's like two years margin of error. <laughs> up or down there, <clears throat> based on like the DNA and stuff. We'll get into that, but okay. think 1830. Okay. And died 170 um, years later? Well, yes. <laughs> 175 years. Uh, in 2006. Hmm. Crazy. That was a long time. That was a long time. That's a lot of history to live through. So, but Harriet was also part of history. All right. So, Harriet was thought. Like, it's a very strong evidence out there that she was collected by Charles Darwin during his visit to the Galapagos Islands as part of his, like, um, expedition on the HMS Beagle when Mm. he was collecting evidence and stuff to write his Origin of Species. Sure. What uh, what were the birds that he was studying? They weren't finches, were they? He was studying tortoises and turtles. Was it? I thought thought there were birds in that story, too. Like, I I remember something about birds, but... I never read it. So. I think you're probably right. That sounds right. I don't know. Anyway. I just know that Darwin picked up... Harriet. Did yeah. he name her? <laughs> no. Oh. But we'll get to that, too. <laughs> so the Beagle um, is a like British voyager and survey ship. So they are really just go on expeditions and stuff and look at things. So there's a bunch of scientists on board, basically. When was that? Um, so the HMS Beagle had three voyages that it went on. Um this is we're going to be talking about the second voyage okay um so that was in 1835 is when um harriet was picked up so uh god damn (laughs) we should just change the name of the podcast to so (laughs) we could change it to so goddamn so goddamn (laughs) (laughs) Captain Fitzroy is the captain of the Voyager at this time. And he... <laughs> the way that Darwin got onto the ship is a little convoluted. Like, obviously Darwin's kind of a, a scientific mastermind. Like, he's a, a really important scientist. Mm-hmm. But the way he got onto this ship was because Captain Fitzroy needed some expert advice on geology... Like, he, he had taken... So I said the Beagle had three voyages, and we're on the second one. So mm-hmm. during the first voyage, Fitzroy figured out that he needed advice on geology because, like, he knew everything about the water, but he needed somebody who knew about the land, too. Were these three voyages all to the Galapagos? No, they were kind of all over the place. Oh, okay. Um, so, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lose it. I'm going to go insane. Ugh. Okay. So. So. <laughs> On these uh, these voyages, it was really, like, common for the captains and for the crew members to go insane. Because you're just, like, on this voyage for months and months and months with nobody to talk to. And you just 
like hey. I mean they had each other to talk to I guess but it wasn't I mean, good enough <laughs> they needed more than the well, four other people on the boat specifically for the people in command like for the captain because he doesn't really have anybody to talk to and like he you get lonely you know doesn't he knit Take up some kind of And it's activity. a very stressful job to have all these people under you and to like be the one in charge and you're out there for months and months and people are sure. getting scurvy and dying. And making know. sure people aren't dying. Right. And that you're getting where you're supposed to go, but you're literally on the ocean. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And we know that because <laughs> there are like diaries and journals and stuff like that. Like I talked about last time I did one of these with... Diaries and journals. Those are my primary sources. Dear, dear diary, I'm lonely. I have no one to talk to on this boat. Signed the captain. So Fitzroy's <laughs> uh, uncle, his name was Viscount Castlerau, had committed. What a dope name! I know. Had committed suicide under the stress of overwork because he was also a ship captain. The ships, the Beagle's um, original captain, Captain Stokes, also committed suicide on board because he was like, screw this job. So two captains of the same ship have already committed suicide. Because it's very stressful. So maybe, like, that's, like, you don't think they put that in the job description, right? Like, when they're hiring for a new captain, they're like, by the way, here's well, one of the This is uh, also part of the hazards. British Navy, so I think they're just like, you are doing this. Yeah, probably. It's fine. Um, so that's the kind of the only reason that Charles Darwin was on there, because... Um, the captain needed someone to talk Fitzroy to. Fitzroy was like, you know about rocks and stuff. And sciencey things, and I need a friend. <laughs> Does did how much did how much did he actually know about rocks? Like he's a very big genetics geneticist, and like his whole thing is about evolu- the evolution of animals. But how much did he know about rocks? Well, in 1830, there wasn't really a whole lot to know about science. Okay, so so you knew enough. I mean, more than this the rocks gray and this walks white. This walks white. This walks white. <laughs> Stupid. Keep that in. I go into pediment. <laughs> Sediment and pediment. Shut up. That's a rock joke. You should appreciate that. <laughs> so should Charles Darwin. Continue. Anyway. Alrighty. So they pick up these uh, these tortoises off of the Galapagos Islands, and um, in 1835. In 1841, the new captain of the Beagle, his name is Wickham, Jonathan Wickham. Sorry, John Clemens Wickham, not Jonathan, just John. Um, he was a lieutenant. His mom probably called him Jonathan. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> when he's in trouble. So anyway, Wickham was a lieutenant on the Beagle when Darwin was on it. Then he becomes the captain of the Beagle. What happened to the other captain? Did he kill himself? No. Okay. He just retired. So in 1841, Wickham retires from the Royal Navy and moves to Australia and brings three tortoises with him. Um, Some doubt was cast on this story by the fact that Darwin had never actually visited the island that Harriet is thought to be from, but he visited, like, the next island over. So I don't know if you know this about tortoises, but they can swim. (laughs) So... So maybe she swam. She I mean, was, she took a she took a holiday to the other island. I think that's a really big bullshit theory, <laughs> but whatever. I don't know. Wikipedia spent a lot of time on that point, and I was like, Do, uh, "They're sea turtles. Like they go in the sea. <laughs> they can swim to the next island. Whatever." Rope together a couple of sea turtles. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. 
just for the timeline, in 1859, Darwin published his Origin of Species. So this is how many years before that? So this is 24 years after they picked up Harriet. Oh, okay. So during that time, Harriet is with Wickham, that lieutenant that was on the Beagle that became the captain. Um, and like I said, when he retired, he moved to Australia with these three tur- or with these three tortoises. Um, he named those three tortoises Tom, Dick, and Harry. Nice. And when he arrived, the records show that the tortoises were donated to the Botanic Gardens in 1860. Are you about to tell me that they found out that Harry was actually a female tortoise, so they changed it to Harriet? I'm about to tell you that Harry and Tom were both females. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we know. Ironic that Dick was the male. Continue. Isn't it though? <laughs> In August of 1994, a historian published a letter in a local newspaper about two tortoises that he remembered at the Botanic Gardens in 1922. So those tortoises were there from 1860 to 1922. That gives us more evidence about their timeline and like how old these things were. Mm-hmm. Um, and the letter also said that the keepers at the time were saying the tortoises had arrived in the gardens in 1860 as a donation from Wickham. So that's a really solid piece of evidence that, A, those tortoises came from the beagle that Darwin was on. Mm-hmm. And it's another piece of, like, these could have been Darwin's tortoises. Sure. Yeah. Um, but some researchers claim that Wickham wasn't in Australia at that time. And, like, there's a bunch of other, like, conflicting reports of, well, he was in London right now. Or he was in Paris. Or, like, there's just all these different... Nobody had good filing systems in 1860, apparently. Right. So, like, I, I can't imagine that every single letter that was ever sent was dated. But I wonder know? what the, like, what what would Wickham get out of lying about it? You know what I mean? Like, sure. He just, like, it'd be a weird thing to lie about, like, where he got some tortoises. It's not like we're talking about money or something important. I mean, they're just, they're just, at the time, they're just tortoises. It's not like they know that they're going to be important. Yeah, but this is all just trying to go back and credit that Harriet, the oldest living tortoise, came from Darwin's ship. Oh, okay. So we're just trying to, like, corroborate that storyline. But As opposed to just a bunch of people are like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so. People being historians. Uh-huh. <laughs> How dare they? Right. Oh, how dare they doubt history. Let it be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let facts get in the way of a story. Right. But there is evidence from letters collected um, from Charles Darwin's house when he died that he was aware that Wickham had these tortoises. Um, he sent somebody, I don't know who the recipient is, but he sent somebody a letter in 1860 informing the recipient that he should speak with Wickham about the last of the tortoises from the 1835 expedition and that he did know they were at the Botanic Gardens. But there is no evidence that Darwin kept any of the tortoises for himself. No. So he picked them up, but Wickham was ultimately the one that took care of them and whatnot. So maybe it was just this was a pet thing. Like this didn't have any kind of scientific backing or whatever. Maybe it was like, oh, these are cool. Right. Take them with us. Um, it's thought that as many as 40 tortoises were stored aboard the Beagle. So they took quite a few of them. Some were used for food, unfortunately. (laughs) Others were kept as, Mm. I mean, you're on the ocean. What what can you do? All you're eating is fish. A little turtle on the side might not be so bad. Some lemons for the scurvy, I guess. Others were kept as souvenirs by crew members, like 
welcome. And a few were uh, scientific specimens and like given to museums and stuff like that when they got back to England. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I, an image just flashed in my head of a uh, Toy Story when all those green aliens are sitting in there mm-hmm. and the one gets selected. They're like, the claw. <laughs> and then he's like, I have been chosen. And he's being pulled up. That's like, I imagine how the other tortoises felt. Like when, like, 60 tortoises get taken they're like they have been chosen <laughs> they're like goodbye other tortoises and they're like I'm going off to be a piece of history in a museum right it's kind of cool um well they were captured I guess is technically what they were they were stolen from their environment unceremoniously <laughs> <laughs> they, they were clawed they from they their were environment captured, yeah <laughs> um most of these tortoises were about five years old so they're still pretty small they're like 11 inches so they were like in diameter mm-hmm. and that's pretty small for like the gigantic ass tortoises that you think of um so let's get into how do we know that harriet is this old um and that's through dna evidence so the initial analysis of harriet's dna was unable to identify her subspecies or like where exactly she came from in the evolutionary timeline. Mm-hmm. But her genetic diversity and other factors in her DNA sequence indicated that she was most likely at least two generations removed from the oldest specimens of her species in the data set. So she's not, like, the oldest tortoise that ever happened. She's, like, two steps after that. Okay. So that gives us a little bit of information of like her great great grandparents are these tortoises that gives us a little bit more of a specific idea of what year she was born in they're doing like tortoise 23 and me yeah nice exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's why there's also that two-year margin of error because there's like well we know that mating season is here but her parents could have like whatever they she could have been here and she could have been here but her egg could have like not hatched and then waited for another year whatever like, there's lots of factors that could have gone in there, but we know that around 1830 is her, her birthday. The tortoises collected by Darwin were all recorded in that original captain, Fitzroy's journals of the voyage, including, like, all their measurements and stuff. And like I said, they were about 11 inches in length when they, or, yeah, in diameter when they were captured. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we know they're about five years of age. Uh, so in eight, or 1987, Harriet moves to the Queenland Reptile Park, which is now called the Australia Zoo. Okay. So Harriet's now really old. She's like 150. In 1987, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Australia Zoo is owned by Steve and Terry Irwin. Oh. So. Of the Irwin family. Yeah. Of the Irwin... Like, crikey. <laughs> Pretty sure more than just Steve Irwin says, says that. But like who? Other Australians, probably. Like Australians, send us a message. Let us know how often you say crikey <laughs> on a given day, month, week. The answer is zero. <laughs> <laughs> One person on this earth says crikey. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure his daughter still says it or something. Maybe. Busy. Anyway. She just had a baby. She's very cute. By just, I mean like a year and a half ago. Oh, nice. It's weird to me that she's even old enough to have children because I still remember when watching Steve when she was like three or four. What, 20 years ago? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, Harriet's 17th birthday... 17th. <laughs> <laughs> Harriet's 175th birthday. 
was in 2005, and it was attended Good by... Good year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Continue. Any other stats you want to throw in here? <laughs> nope. Go, go ahead. Okay. Can you at least tell those of us who don't know why we're giggling? Because the year the White Sox won the World Series. Go ahead. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, it was also Harriet's 175th birthday. <laughs> okay. Duh. And it was attended by many people who had long associations with her. <laughs> like who? Her friends. <laughs> was the queen there? I feel like the only one older than Harriet's the queen. So I feel like she should be there. No, the queen wasn't there. The queen has met her, though. Um, sure. That would make sense. Australia was, like, owned by the crown for a long time, so... I mean, it's still it. It's, yeah, it's still part territory. of the United yeah, Kingdom. Anyway, at the time of her death, on June 23rd, 2006, uh, she still lived at the, the Australia Zoo. She died of heart failure, as everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe. It'd be interesting to know, like, if like dementia, if she had dementia or something beforehand. She's like, this apple isn't my apple. I don't know. What does do you think tortoise equiv- dementia even look like? I don't know, but do you think, like, did she have her own, like, was it, I don't even know how you keep tortoises, like, in a zoo. I don't even know the last time I was in a zoo and saw tortoises. Are they in, like, a, is it in, like, a like an open thing? Or is it usually, like, glassed up and kind of small i guess well this tortoise has got to get pretty big right yeah no it's pretty big but it's like open air are there other tortoises usually together i don't know if there were any tortoises with her but i would imagine she'd need friends she made friends Who else is gonna come to her birthday party <laughs> <laughs> you're right i don't know uh, okay so harriet was said to be very good-natured no biting, I guess. No, apparently not. She loved the attention of humans and enjoyed it when people patted her on the upper shell. Upper shell? Where's that? Like, no, by her neck? Uh, no, it's like on the very top. Oh. Like, you know how it looks like a bowl? Yeah. The top. The upper? I don't It's weird that they can feel that. I guess they are a part of their house. Like, that's one of the things, like, they talk about crabs, like, go into a shell, but it's not actually physically part of them. Like, turtles are actually, the shell is actually part of their anatomy. It grows anatomy. with them. Yeah. So I it's guess called she could a carapace, in case you wanted to know. Hmm. And so, so that's interesting that she tapped the top of it and she'd be like, smile, purr. What does the tortoise do to indicate it's happy? Stay there, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, got a big old grin on its face. I mean, face. I'm sure they make noise, right? They probably have like, do they hiss? Do they or bark? Do they like yell? I don't know. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Like You're a, on like a tropical vacation. <laughs> There's a sea turtle next to you just screaming. <laughs> like a screaming goat? Yeah. <laughs> but a turtle. Gigantic 200-year-old tortoise just screaming. <laughs> we'll assume that they probably don't scream. Well... Harriet spent a majority of her day napping at her home pond. God, I, that's how I want to spend a majority of my day. Not unlike old humans or old anything. Like, just, you just kind of sleep. Well, she doesn't go anywhere very fast. She's a tortoise. <laughs> right. Hmm. And she's 200. <laughs> right. 
Her favorite food was hibiscus flowers. (laughs) (laughs) Again, how do you know? She didn't have a diary. (laughs) I mean... Day 6,433. I think if you spend enough time with a... Like, you know how dogs have favorite foods? I guess that's true. You know our child that can't talk has favorite foods? They weren't giving her, like... Begging strips and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> just handing out, handing her flowers. Like, which one do you like? And she's like, hibiscus. This one. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. What made you... Is that the end? I'm sorry. It is the end. That's all I know about Harriet the Tortoise. <laughs> what made you want to read up about Harriet the Tortoise? I don't really even know. I Well, Okay. <laughs> So Wikipedia has a random button. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and it was either that or I think I've told you about this before. Like there's a website that gives you like it's a timeline of the entire history of the world. Mm-hmm. And you can like click on a date range or whatever. So I went to kind of like modernish history from like eighteen hundred to now. Mm-hmm. And it might have been one of the little bullet points in there and I was like, what the hell is Harriet the Tortoise? Amazing that she was able to, like, she didn't really do much. Like, her... her She's a tortoise. Her place in... <laughs> well, my point is, like, her place in history is this that she was old. And that she was on a boat with Darwin. But there was lots of people. There was lots of people on boats with Darwin. And they're probably not in history. Maybe they would be if they lived to 175, but... <laughs> that's just, like, it's a weird... Why you gotta hate? I'm not hating, I'm you just are. saying... I'm simply saying that this is interesting that this tortoise is there like, hey, this is this is what we're going to talk. This is going to be like a highlight of this span of years. A mm-hmm. tortoise. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, though. Lived through three centuries. Yeah. Just like my great-grandfather. Met two very famous science people, animal science people. I don't Who's know if you could one? call Irwin a scientist. Steve Irwin? Yeah. I mean, he just yeah. liked to poke things with sticks. I don't know. You can't really own a zoo without knowing science. Yeah, right? yeah, he's got a. I would say he's. I would call him a scientist, but in a more of a in the same way that like Indiana Jones is an archaeologist, <laughs> it's a very very much a hands on experience kind of guy versus yeah. like reading books. He's like the Alton Brown of zookeepers, you know. Sure. Yeah. Exotic and out there a little bit. Sure. The zookeeper of Flavortown, if he was the guy for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Alright, we should wrap this up. Anyway, Harriet the tortoise deserves her spot in history, no matter what you think. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. No, I think it's that's awesome. I didn't ex- I fully did not expect to sit down today and learn about a tortoise that was 175 years old. So, <laughs> well, now you know. Hopefully, our listeners will feel the same. Be like, oh wow, didn't know. I'm excited to hear your story next week. I hear you don't know what it is yet. I don't know what it is yet. <laughs> so yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll talk about one of the other tortoises, Tom or Dick. <laughs> <laughs> what did Tom's name ended up becoming? I don't. Tom died. So did Harriet. Yeah, but then they found out that it was a girl. (laughs) (laughs) So her name was Tom. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) 
All right, that's it. That's our show, everyone. Uh, Thank you, and uh, we'll see you next week. Good night, Australia. (laughs)